TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 471, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Tom, and I'm professor of communication and media studies at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, I'm Allison, and I write reviews for Weednopolis. Hi, I'm David, and I work in post-production in scripted TV in L.A. All right, thanks, guys, for coming out. Uh, Let's start off with the news. First up, we have that uh, Mike Tyson mystery showrunner has just scored an overall Warner Brothers deal in animation. So I don't know what that means, but it means money. Raised by Wolves has been picked up for season two, uh, even though we gave it an interesting review last time. Um... Harley Quinn has been renewed for season three. However, DC Universe is out of the scripted uh, business, which I personally didn't think they should have been in in the first place. Well, it's now DC Universe Infinite, and it's basically DC's counterpart to Marvel Unlimited. So it's basically... It's just the comic books, right? It's the comic books. Which makes sense. Like, what they were trying to do before was really bizarre. So, and I thought for what they were charging, like, anyway, I have issues with that. So I'm glad that it's actually the way it is now. Um, Stumptown, which originally got renewed, has been unrenewed, canceled because of uh, COVID costs. COVID. And it will be replaced on the schedule with For Life at ABC. Um, The Empire Writers have landed a supernatural hip-hop drama at HBO, but I don't know what that means. Does that mean that they have supernatural rapping power? Like, what? <laughs> like, I, I, like supernatural hip-hop show. Like, okay. I'm curious, but kind of not. I don't know. Uh, Tom, what's your news? ABC has given a series order to Rebel, which is an Aaron Brockovich-inspired drama starring Katie Segal. They've canceled United We Fall, which was a summer replacement. Oh, all season. right. CBS All Access will be rebranded as Boom 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 Paramount Plus. They really really strained their brains hard on that one. Well, I mean, so they just were like, so Disney Plus and Apple Plus are doing it. They're like, what we're missing, the reason why nobody has signed up for our service is we don't have a plus. We don't have a plus. (laughs) Oh, it's Star Trek Plus. (laughs) All right, go ahead. Speaking of Disney Plus. She-Hulk has cast Tatiana <gasps> Maslany to, to play Bruce Banner's cousin Jennifer Walters, aka She-Hulk, and Mark Ruffalo sent a congratulatory tweet to his new cousin. HBO has renewed last week tonight for three years. NBC has announced that America Ferrera will appear in two more Superstore episodes, the second of which will be episode 100. Showtime has renewed Desus and Mero for season three, and at the Television Critics Awards, Watchmen won four, including uh, Program of the Year, Best New Show, Best Miniseries, and Outstanding Achievement in Acting for Regina King, and Schitt's Creek won for Comedy, Succession won for Drama Series. 
and the uh, creative Emmys were going on yesterday, and one of my friends won an Emmy, so congratulations to Lenarian yeah, Hubbard. Yay! She doesn't listen to my podcast, but that's okay. I can be like, I know someone who won an Emmy! <laughs> a shout-out to you. <laughs> yes, and a shout-out. Because I, oh man, that makes me so happy. Alright. Let's start off with the shows. Uh, Lovecraft Country, episode 5. That was crazy! <laughs> it was, and here's 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 my thing. I am not disagreeing. The subject matter, all of that stuff was great. It was on point. But here's one. Oh, there's a couple of issues. One should we, is, should we tell people what it was about that kind of was crazy? Well, I mean, you can go ahead, go for it. Oh, that um, Letty's sister was given that opportunity by William. The, you know the 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 ridiculously Nordic blonde looking dude. That's obviously so die, but go he, ahead. <laughs> he, he, he promised to make her dreams come true, and she's like, "You ain't get you ain't getting me in the sack." Which of course is happens. Get her in the sack, and then she wakes up, and she's white, and freaks out. As <laughs> one would. <laughs> and then she she now knows there's magic going on, and he gives her this potion so she can basically. And and the way they show the transformation is really disgusting. I mean, it's basically like they call it like a cocoon or metamorphosis or whatever. But basically, when the potion wears off, the white body is completely destroyed, and her black body emerges as if it's like a grown body giving birth. It's really was yeah. She breaks out. This was it, this was their body horror episode. It was yeah. totally disgusting. But I mean, no. other than the gore, because there was a lot, a lot of gore, more it's gore than they needed. But my my main issue is I loved the message. Like he was like, "Do you need money?" She was like, "I was a white woman. I didn't need any money." And um, I loved the, the message of the episode. But what I found was that the episode was over an hour and it, it didn't feel like what they were trying to say could have been conveyed in half the time and we spent only like five or ten minutes with the main cast and I really felt that missing time Yeah, and it felt unbalanced it really just from a writing and storytelling perspective it felt unbalanced. It was very much a really good B story, like that story, and it maybe even an A story, but well, they made, but they it made needed it like to a huh? story. Say again. They made it like a super A story, or right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's kind of what my problem was. I mean, it, was, it definitely took center stage in the in this particular correct. episode, which yes. I was okay with. I, well, I think. Go ahead. No, you go right ahead. You go ahead. All I was just saying is that it, I really felt the main cast missing, and, and as much as I like her the sister she wasn't strong enough for me to carry the whole episode and i found myself like even though i was amazed and 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 uh, by what they were talking about and i was impressed by it i was still starting to get bored because it was going on way too long they spent a little bit too much time at the department store way too much time Mm -hmm. like way too much time it was unnecessary and her See, her, me, her insinuation I... and her jealousy of the other black worker was just like it's like wh- what what are we doing? And they still could have conveyed all of it, everything that every point they made they could have done in half the time. But uh, Allison, go ahead, your turn. I think uh, you know, the main thing that I 
had a problem with with this with this particular episode. I actually really liked following her story, and I was completely okay with with watching her. And when they did switch back to to the main cast, I was like, oh, that's right, they're in this too. Um, but my main thing is that I think they tried to do too many things in this episode. It's like, yes, we're watching the sister, but then we have to remember the main cast. And oh, by the way, there's there's Montrose over here with his issues of sexual identity. And then we have also the the aunt who's got the, the niece in the back seat and she's decided to drive off to uh No, that was the episode before. Happened, you know. That was the episode before. Um, but was anyway. it? I thought, yeah, I thought yeah, that yeah. this Yeah, that was the episode just, before. It just felt crowded. It felt like, okay, we don't, you know, I'd rather just focus instead of throwing every single element, like all the stuff with Montrose. I guess that would have been great if we had an episode just on Montrose, but it also supporting him it, in there just it felt It reminded weird. me of that Doom Patrol episode from season one with Danny the Street. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, the, the, you know, the, the most, the thrust of the episode, the, the main thing I thought was great, and I loved I loved the message behind it. Uh, the, my only problem with with that was when she was talking about how the only currency she needed was being white, and you know when she she gets like free ice cream and things like that. And, I, and my mind immediately flashed back to that Eddie Murphy Eddie SNL Murphy, skit yes. where <laughs> white people are throwing cocktail parties on buses and white giving like each me. other free things. And it's like you know I mean okay that's funny, but it's it's. I think there's there was a, a better way to address her sense of privilege than than free doing that cream. kind of right. yeah the free ice cream which you know I'd love it if that happened but it really kind of doesn't um, <laughs> but uh, you know I, I, most of all I I really enjoyed how she eventually got to the point where she resented the privilege that she, it's like she reveled in it for a while and then it just made her angrier right. because it's just it's fundamentally screwed up and and is unfair and it just kind of made her feel more objectified than she did before and then of course we find out at the end that she's not the only one who's doing body shaping which I had kind of figured out a couple of episodes ago but I really liked having it validated here oh you suspected that I yeah, didn't because I was like I was going through my head I was like wait have they never been in the same room at the same time they've never been in the same I... and it occurred to me was that scene a couple episodes ago where the cops were sitting outside of her house and she oh, she, she goes in inside and she went yeah. in. like within a second later he came out and it was the first time I thought have they ever been together and they look I would I was expecting I thought yeah like, like siblings or something yeah like mm. and and it's like suddenly I went Oh, so yeah, this episode they kind of validated that, and I was like, yes, yes. And you didn't share your theory with us at the time. <laughs> I know for shame, I, because I thought you know I'm going to say that, and then I'm going to turn out to be totally wrong, and it's going to be <laughs> the um, be... the um, Atticus pent up anger at his father. Oh yeah, when he beat him just down, and Letty having to pull him off. Letty having to pull him off, but also the fact that Atticus realizes that the father had killed the uh, the woman that they yeah, he, and he realized it instantly. I, I thought it was pretty obvious too, but and, well, uh, Letty didn't because I Letty's know. a little naive, despite her as, as hip and smart as she is, she still doesn't know. He, Atticus knows Montrose more, right? That's his yeah. dad, right? Yeah. Dad. David, uh, have you checked out Lovecraft Country at all? I'm not a Lovecraft fan. But if it's, you know, 
if it's really good and it's more sci-fi than more than horror or whatever, then I would check it out. And you said it's an anthology type uh, series, so uh, some of the episodes you really like. So I'll uh, I'll probably watch it at some point. It's not pure anthology. The 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 cast is continuing. Right, right. The, I think the anthology comes in with the fact that. They, they sort of address a different genre with every episode so they'll the first one is very lovecraftian and then they move on from that to to things like you know the the satanic cult episode and the indiana jones episode and the haunted house yeah things like that you have so, to have seen one have seen previous episodes to know what's going on in the, in the current one yes you, yes you do mm-hmm. oh. yeah you can't watch them out of order yeah, because it is a continuing story with continuing characters, but the they're, the genre that they're paying tribute to changes with each episode. Right, and Amen. sometimes it's it's very startling how different they are, which is what why I thought after we had such fun in episode four, it, it was really off putting. Episode five for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's an interesting enough episode, uh, concept for me to check out a few episodes, so I'll probably do it at some point. All right, coolio. All right, that's pretty much all I want to talk about for this, and we want to move on to the next show, which is um, Transplant. I, I know I'm a little late on that. Tom talked about this, what, two weeks ago and said how great it was. And, uh, wow. Like, I... I think the problem that I think Yusin had a problem with the uh, the cop being super racist in the first episode to the lead character, and she's like, "I don't know if I need to watch that every week." But what I liked is is in the following episodes, it's really not really about that. It's just how his life is really different and his cultures are really different, and that he just really he's so used to having to take charge and do things because there was no choice. There was nobody else. And so to be put in an environment that's a lot more restrictive, where they have so many rules and protocols, that because of the position that they put him in, he's obviously qualified to be like a full-on emergency surgeon, but they're treating him like a first-year intern. And so he's not allowed to do anything, and it's so bizarre for him. And I like that 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 difference in how people are starting to respect him and all this other stuff. Like, all of that's really good, and I really liked... Just the idea that because he had he had to run away from an oppressive government, they won't release his transcripts, and his doctor like lied for him a little bit. Well, not even a little bit, a lot of it. And he's like, well, that means you can't be, you have to be above reproach. Which, for people of color, that's standard. Like you have to do better than everybody else, so that nobody ever questions your credentials. So are you I, caught up? Yeah. Well, well, I don't know what's caught up because what I'm watching. It. Yeah. What, what episode? What's caught up, Tom? Um, I think episode three. Well, then I'm slightly ahead of caught up. So I oh. finished it, so I'm way caught up. <laughs> <laughs> if you have to remember, Tom, this aired in Canada already. Oh yeah, I, I know, but right. some, of us, some of us only watch TV through legal means. <laughs> So what's the most re- you tell us you you tell no, us when, the last when thing? he actually has the interview he and um, John Hanna have a sit down meeting with the uh, with the legal counsel for the hospital right yes and he has the forged transcript right. there and thankfully doesn't use it I really like that guy yeah I really like well, that the temptation would have been uh, um, I don't know if I could have resisted that the but I really like that he's, was great he's the good guy and. Uh, 
this was the episode about uh, the, the kid comes in who's unvaccinated and has diphtheria. Oh my goodness! And also the college prank gone wrong, where the guy who brings in the other guy is the one who ends up dying. Right. Which because they had uh, just something to reiterate something Allison said before the show. It's not groundbreaking medical drama, but the twist is by having a lead who's Arab. And I, I love the fact that his name is the one above the main title and everybody else is also starring. <laughs> but he's really appealing. He's a good-looking dude. He's really good. And it's all about his... It's, you know, the transplant, the, the sucker... They sucker you in the pilot by thinking transplant is going to be about transplant surgeries. No, it's transplant because he's a transplant from another country, and he's right. from Syria, where he was literally declared an enemy of the state, which is why the state, why Won't the government released his medical school transcript. Right. But um, no, I, yeah, it's, and the cast is great overall. He's he's amazing. He he really is because he sucks you in. You really you feel everything he's feeling, and they do a really good job of that. And you're just on his side. For yep. everything that's happening, and you can't believe like he like the 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 moment of honesty with the vaxxer the non-vaxxer guy uh, when when he's talking about with his that. son, and he actually Ooh. says what everyone's been thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love what the social worker tells him. The social worker comes back and says, "I heard you had a moment of truth with the father." <laughs> <laughs> Because he, they basically, this dude basically endangered everyone at the hospital. However yep. many people, like, I like how they broke it out without preaching exactly. Like, they basically yeah. just showed you what the consequences were. But I also like, too, that when when the kid, you know, the kid does live and the father's in a shame spiral, as he should be, that he basically said that you're doing a good job otherwise right <laughs> as a parent it's my understanding that a lot of anti-vaxxers just raised holy hell after this episode aired why well it makes sense my heart frankly but um it's uh, yeah from what i understand there was like loads of protest from from people who were anti-vax uh about this particular episode because it, apparently it hit home so good for them. I'm, I'm glad that they actually went there because a lot of times, you know, they'll they'll pull back and and you know pull their punches and and try to be nice and say, oh well, you know, the other side has their points too, and that's like, no, no they don't. Their point is that you know they're willing to expose people to a deadly disease. So uh, yeah, this I, I I really appreciated that particular episode and the fact that they were so honest about it. And also, they the showed it from the had, kids' perspective. They had to actually yeah. fabricate the vac the treatment for it because it's a disease that had been basically wiped out right by countries. Right, and I like that the teenager, the older teenager kid, like his confession was like, "Look, you did this against my will. You didn't, you know, you didn't ask me because I was a kid." And so he was like, as soon as I was old enough, I went and got vaccinated myself. And that's his right, you know? Yep. Um, it's just like you think it's your right to not vaccinate your children. As soon as they're old enough, it's their right to get vaccinated if they want. Uh, and just he I, hearing the kid talk about how terrified he was when he got the measles. Ah. Uh, you know? And he's like, he literally thought he was going to die. Like, all of that was great. Yep. Um, so, I, yeah. I wonder if the American... 
I wonder if an American production would have handled this as deftly as the Canadian one did. Probably not. <laughs> no. But, That's what I was yeah, and also, you know, with an American production, one one thing that stood out for me was the Canadian medical system, whereas so many procedures and other things were just considered, you know, and tests that were that were taken and things like that were just done as a matter of course, even for even for people who, I mean, they never questioned, can you pay for this? Can you do nope. this? Can you do the other thing? It was just, let's do this. And oh, do they have their medical card? Great, we'll just put them in and you know do surgery or do this or the other thing, and you you can't have that in a U.S. medical drama because everything is about can they pay for it? Do they have the insurance? Is the insurance going to cover it? How long do we have to wait? Um, and and you just don't have that in this. So it, it does stand out in that respect too. Uh, let's move on. I mean, if you're not watching Transplant, you should. It's really pretty good. It's on NBC and Hulu. So and Peacock. Yes, that too. Um, so, all right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Away, Episode 3. And I know last week we trashed it. I liked the first episode. We all trashed the second episode. But I don't know why I checked out the third, but I did. I can't even explain it, other than there was nothing else on television, probably. <laughs> um, and I think because I really did like the first one, I was like, well, all right, fine. And this, the third one, what I really, really was impressed by, because all the, a lot of the stuff that everybody talked about the first episode, which was wrong, which was how stereotypical the Chinese astronaut was portrayed as, and how she looked sneaky, and she's keeping a secret, and is she a spy? Like, they made her seem evil. And what I really liked about this episode was they... They were like, well, this is what secret she was keeping, and this is why she's been this way. Like, they really, and they did a flashback, and you got to see, like, two years before the mission and her training and her relationships. And also, it showed that American dudes can be jerks. <laughs> like, that, well, we that is. Know that. Yeah, so, like, so basically, the woman that's, that was on the, on the radio for China was their coordinator or their mission control person got replaced and everybody's like, why? what happened? And they, they finally tell her that they found like the love letter that she had written her. She's like, this is your handwriting, right? And they were like, uh, so now we know that, well, we kind of suspected that there was something going on between the two of them, but this is the confirmation and the Chinese government found out and they very quietly, well, not that quietly, but as quietly as possible, like shifted her to another position and to never be spoken of again. And they're like, you're on a three year mission and we're never letting you talk to her. You can't say goodbye, nothing. And it was like devastating. And then the, the guy at mission control decided to spread the gossip and basically outed her to all her other astronauts and then everyone's judging her on the ship, and it was terrible. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> there was just so many things wrong. What and year is this supposed to be? It's supposed to be now, and that, that's the thing. The thing is, but guys are like that, though. I feel like even though uh, – the reason that it was a big deal that he, she got outed is because she's married. She's married with kids, or at least a son, and in China, it, that's still a big deal, that she would have a relationship with a woman. And cheating, and she's supposed to be the image of like a hero as an astronaut. So she has this big image to to uphold, and so there's that. But it was still her private business that the mission control guy told to all the other dudes on on the ship. Which I was like, what? 
is wrong. And, and I like that the... I forgot the main actress's name. Is it Hillary Swank? Did get fired? He did not get... But he got roasted. She uh, she went off on him and was very much like, dude, you you were trying to get cool points by having gossip that the guys want instead of thinking about the cohesiveness of the team and what you have done to the team now. Now everybody doesn't trust everybody and there's all this tension. It's just like, now I have to fix it. Uh, but really the heart of it, what really got me was the flashbacks with the relationships and to realize that she got married and had her one child obligatory that she's supposed to by the guy. Like, she did her duty, but her and her husband don't really like each other. They respect each other, which is why they got married. Uh, And then to find somebody that she really loved, and I like that she didn't cheat on her husband. Like, she had this very core honor line, so it made the whole unrequited thing. That that got me. That's That's my kryptonite. Um... And it was just beautiful. I really enjoyed that. And Allison, you can totally refute everything I just said. Go ahead. I'm afraid I'm going to, because I, you know, I did appreciate that they humanized her. At first, when they started in with that storyline, I thought, oh, okay, great. She's not going to be some evil spy. They're going to do this instead, and you know, hopefully, we'll be able to calm down now and you know, get more toward that. But then they just ruin it all by having everybody act like they're in high school and and you know, or a little kid's locker room and. These are supposed to be professionals, and right. there was no professionality whatsoever. Other than the situation. other than I, I would say, the, obviously, our lead she was professional, but well, also yeah, she is because she's our hero. She's you know she's the one we're supposed to but identify. But also, with. I would say so the other she, guy, the other guy, that Russian who was her best friend, he didn't act like high school. It wasn't a high school thing. His thing, the way the other two, absolutely, you're right. They did act like they were in high school. But what I thought the Russian's re- reaction, what I thought was interesting about his reaction was he felt like it was a personal betrayal. Like she betrayed her husband. He acted like she had betrayed him. So it actually ruined their friendship. Uh, and I thought that, that, I mean, he put more into it than there was because it wasn't about him. But he took it about him. And I actually thought that that was interesting reaction. But well, to, to me, it was just more melodrama, and it just, it just, none of it felt real. I couldn't believe that these people who are supposed to be astronauts or, or you know, the mission control people who are supposed to be support staff of these people would, would do anything this petty and juvenile. And, you know, I mean, it was, it was just, it just made me crazy. And But and I really love, you telling me you didn't love the, when they finally got her to get a, a call in to, to the woman and they got to say goodbye, like, that wasn't cool. I love that moment. No, because everything just seemed so stilted and artificial by then that I just, I had no investment in it. Oh, I was and, totally. And the thing is, the thing is, I mean, I know we're, you know, we're only talking as far as, as we've seen, but it's just more wash, rinse, rinse, repeat with, with all of these beats. They just keep, you know, they, they make them sympathetic and then they make them at each other's throats again. And then they're sympathetic and then they're at each other's throats again. And it just, and, and over the pettiest things. And it just keeps going like this. Like they couldn't think of anything else to do for, for the, what was it, 10 or 13 episodes. And, uh, yeah, okay. it just didn't, it didn't, I didn't I, like it like you did. I'm back in. Like this episode got me back in. I am I am back invested in the show. So I'm still going to be watching. Okay. All right, so let's wrap that up. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Lucifer. 
as episodes five and six. And Tom, why don't you start off? Episode five, basically they manipulate to have Amenadiel join Chloe on a case since Chloe and since uh, Lucifer is and Chloe are still trying to figure out what's going on, yada yada blah blah. She's like, I need my space. I can't talk to you. Yes. She so, says it in that voice too, but continue. You know, I can't decide if I like that. Sometimes I like her as, a, as an actor slash character and sometimes I want to smack her. Yeah, that's that's about right. Like, and he's always cool. I mean, the rest of the, rest of the cast is pretty cool. Um, oh, the, um, uh, the, for me, the heart of episode five was, um, was, uh, Maze and, uh, the psychiatrist. I'm like, is it Linda? Yes, Linda. Basically, Linda's revelation that she'd given up a child for adoption. Years I feel ago. like they telegraphed that for the last four episodes, though. Yeah, but still, when she, you know, I thought it was a heartfelt moment. Um, yeah, I, the five wasn't my favorite just because it was kind of by the numbers. Six, not that six, six really kind of reminded me of a castle episode, not necessarily a diss, because the mysteries are not usually that difficult to solve. It's basically we're invested in the characters. And there were some fun character stuff, like all the girls, all the women going out partying. <laughs> Where's Lyndon? She's asleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Past her bedtime. And, um... But she needed that time away from the baby, so that makes sense. Yes, yes, she did need the time away from the baby. Which leaves the, the guys being in a panic, running around trying to take care of the baby, which is also well, funny. But, but, and it's a funny gag at the end of the episode that when the baby sees Lucy's true face, he calms down. Yeah, that was good, so, but his part angel nature. And but, then, but, and then they do the whole the the cliffhanger shtick where uh, Dave so. Dan Dan is his name. Uh, he he gets called back to the house by Michael. Michael. And and just in time to see Lucifer's face and realize that the devil is real and he freaks out and almost, you know, goes on a bender, all this other stuff. Everything that, you know, he basically that's the big cliffhanger is, oh my God. Seven? Yes. Oh, I But not. sorry, I'm, we're not talking about it. Uh, so it's just a matter of, like, that's the cliffhanger. What does that mean? What is Michael's big plan? Um, He's a git. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> and one thing that I cannot get over is how much I do not like him playing Michael, the actor. He sucks. Well, like, he's terrible. His American accent is awful. It is awful, but there's something about his performance. It's like, I think he's concentrating too hard on the American accent that it is affecting his acting, and I don't think he's good at all. And it's, it's I can't funny, stand though, him. because usually when people play their evil twin, like Tom Welling on Smallville, they were more interesting as the evil twin than their normal character. Yeah, Here he is not. Yes. He's already evil, so when he plays, you know, not evil, he's not as interesting. Oh, he's so bad. I want that storyline to be gone. Well, it's like, only an eight-episode season. Well, so. no, it's split in half. Oh. So there's actually 16 episodes. We get eight now, and I think... Oh, and eight later? Then we get eight later, yeah. Uh, I did not realize that. Yep. So that will and, maybe... And then we get another season after this one. Correct. Yeah. Wow. 
Lucifer. Uh, at least, at least, if nothing else, the show won't end on a bad note. Well, at least you know if you're gonna do a twist on the wacky detective genre, right? The wacky detective is the devil, and it's fun. I mean, Lucifer's a lot of fun. It is definitely yeah. a show that makes you smile. There's, there's, he's so charming as, as uh, Lucifer. Like, but what's crazy is since it's gone to Netflix. And they're like, you know, we, we can now have nude scenes. He's gotten super buff. Like, if you watch the first couple of seasons, he's just a tall, lanky guy. And now he's, like, all pumped up. Because he's like, oh, you're going to show me naked? All right, let me get ready. Get me bum. <laughs> let me get my bum in shape for Netflix. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Lower Decks. And let's start off with David. I'm not a big animated series fan, so, you know, that's saying something. I watch it, um, and uh, it's, you know, I guess I have to, I think of animated series as uh, different from live action in terms of the the vibe is very different. Right. It's a lot less realistic, and, you know, given what it is, I think it's it's fun. It's, uh, it's entertaining. It's kind of in a world that I like to, to see things happening. I really like um, what's her name, uh, Tawny Newsom, uh, uh, and, and Jack Quaid. I like the the, the dynamic between them. Yeah, I realized that, good. that Jack Quaid was is the guy from The Boys, which was interesting too. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I like the the banter between those characters, and uh, you know, it's harmless. It's uh, enjoyable and and something to. To, to watch, to take my mind... It's lighter, it's going to take my mind off of uh, any of the darker, more serious shows, so... Question, what did you, what about the most recent episode? Where they have to meet with the crew and go to the swamp planet. Much Ado About Boimler. Right. Um, the most recent episode is... 106? Boimler's phasing. No, it's 7. Oh, oh. I Okay, my bad. Sorry, that's totally my fault. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> all right, Tom, what did you think about Boimler? I was kind of disappointed because if if Mariner is supposed to be a contemporary of the captain of the, I mean, a, a Starfleet Academy classmate of the captain of the other, that makes the age range so great that she would be, have to be, I mean, Generally speaking, she would have to be a real screw up, and she wouldn't still be in Starfleet. They would yeah. Her... Well, I mean, I got the impression that her friend had done a bunch of stuff to get promoted early, and then she had done the opposite. So she looked really young to be a captain, to be honest. Yeah. So I she, mean, it, it looked unrealistic that she was a captain. Technically, Kirk was supposed to be like that too, though. Right. But still, for her to still be an ensign, I just thought... Uh... Well, the thing is, she's been a lieutenant twice, remember? They said she had been demoted... Uh, they said she'd been demoted before she got transferred to that ship, and then they promoted her to lieutenant again, and then she got herself demoted again. So, it's not completely unreasonable. Mm. <laughs> You're not buying it? Yeah... All right. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, they're not gonna, you know, in in the real military, if you get demoted once, that means that's the result of a court martial, and you're out, <laughs> one way or another. So, they're, I mean, they're playing fast. Obviously, they're playing fast and loose. I just think it's 
you know, you can still you're still considered a junior officer in the Navy in when you're a lieutenant commander. It's not until you make commander or above you're considered a senior officer. So they could actually, depending on you know, if this show has a five to seven year run, they can make JG in full lieutenant, and they're still going to be you know junior. Right, still in the lower. Well, I would assume not have bunk beds in a hallway. <laughs> you Maybe know. not in the hallway, but they're still gonna have bunk beds. <laughs> well, I thought that that was non-commissioned. Like, would have bunk like that? No, okay. My oh, bad. on my shift in my stateroom, there were only two bunks. In the enlisted quarters, there were three bunks. Okay. Very few. The chaplain got his own bunk by himself. The XO got his own bunk by himself. The captain got his own bunk by himself. Everybody else had had to share. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, but yeah, I wasn't moved by this episode either. It was it was kind of mediocre. Just kind of filler. Yeah, it didn't feel it didn't feel interesting in any way, and the relationship seemed weird. I agree. And they drew them similar. I was like, I know technically they're different ethnicities, but it was like when you see them standing next to each other, I was like, wait, what? I, I was almost confused. Um. So I thought that was strange. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. I have nothing else really to add to Lordex. Yeah. Uh, next up, I want to talk about Raised by Wolves. And we're going to talk about episodes six and seven. But before we do that, I know, David, you hadn't gotten to talk to, about Raised by Wolves. And you just caught up to where we're about to talk. So I want to take a moment um, to talk about what your impression of the first five episodes of Raised by Wolves? My impression, I mean, I like the show. I'm, I'm, I'm into the show. So, uh, there, you know, there are things that I, that I wish they had a little less of or, or got, got through a little faster, but, um, you know, I like the, the subplots. I like the, uh, the, the imposters, um, and their, their, uh, phony child or whatever and they're the, the, well the child itself is not phony it's just they're faking being that kid's parent that's what i'm saying yeah. yeah and uh the fact that they that they like him now and they they're you know concerned actually concerned about him and um the uh, uh the main character the the um mother character is a little i mean she's supposed to be weird and she's supposed to be kind of like faulty or whatever but she's really hard to kind of pin down and know what the hell she's thinking and what her goals are um, the android or the human android you're talk- she's the talking android. about the android yeah yeah um, and uh, you know the the episode I just watched or I started to watch uh, six was the one where you see that she was or maybe it was five She that she's based on this other character this other woman who the guy programmed and put into the android and is now you're the mother of humanity and blah blah so um but you know and i'm assuming that we're going to find out like why she's as whacked out as she is um but well, i think they did stress that it's impossible to change a necromancer into the programming that he did that there's a reason why other people tried it and failed and even though i think it initially looked like he had succeeded there's, there. I think you're right. I think they're going to explain why it's so hard to reprogram a necromancer. Right. So you know the the mother and father android characters or whatever are a little 
awkward, I think. But, I mean, I th- think that's the nature of the characters, too. I think that's supposed to be that way. And we'll find right. out more about why she's so whacked out. He's He acts a little more normal, although he makes some, some decisions. And it seems like... I'm, I guess I'm not sure how human-like they're supposed to be. They seem sometimes more human and sometimes less human. And I'm not sure what, what, what standards I'm trying to hold them to to see if they fit for my... What, what I what makes sense to me, but um, I like um, I like the kids. I like uh, Paul and um, what's his name, the, their last remaining kid of the uh, first first breed, first brood. Uh, Compton. Uh, He's named after the creator. Not Compton. Uh, Camden. Camp, 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 Campion. 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 He's named after the creator. Yeah. Yeah, Campion. So uh, um, could be Compton. You know, it isn't though, um, but uh, but yeah, and I mean, it's a little. There's not a lot going on in their world in the in the world of the kids. They're kind of just there, and they you know have a, like one interaction or two interactions per episode. So it's a little little boring as far as that goes. Um, and I guess lately the the story of the the two imposter people. Um, I can't remember their names either, but uh, there's. Uh, how they're how they caught up to where the kids are and where mother and father are keeping them um, is more in the uh, is more what they're they're covering and you know I guess I don't I'm not there's not a character that I'm really attached to which is unfortunate because I, I I really need to have that to love the show so I like it but I don't love it um, but it's you know it, it's sci-fi and I'll watch pretty much anything sci-fi unless it's total crap so. <laughs> Okay, good assessment. Uh, Tom, uh, you want to talk about, take the lead, talk about six and seven? Yeah, for me, I, on a lark, because I have other friends who are really excited, were, were very excited that it got picked up for season two. I don't know if it's just because of Ragnar Lothbrok, actor in it. <laughs> so I, I binged all the episodes since the last time I watched it. For me, these set of episodes should have been much closer to the beginning of the season because get rid of the Pope dude or whatever because he was annoying as all get out and then get to the you know get to the conflict between the humans and mother and whatnot and also this weird you know the dude um, realizes that the prophecy is not about the kid it's it's not about either of the kids the prophecy is about him and the question is is he really hearing voices or is he going crazy? Or yeah. PTSD or whatever? Or is there something else at work here? But I would have front-loaded that because those first few episodes, I, for me, they were a chore to get through because yeah. you've got the mix of good production design and, and bargain basement production design. <clears throat> and then yeah. knowing what Mother's motivation is, I mean, that would have been helpful to know sooner versus later. And I... I and I would say that uh, David kind of put the who am I supposed to root for? Whose story is it? Is it the kid's story? Is it the adult story? Is it the robot story? You know, who am I supposed to be rooting for? If I can't find a window into, you know, saying that I like this character and I want him or her to succeed, that's why I've been so indifferent about this show. And it's taken until episode six and seven to get me kind of engaged. Okay. And I presume this is near the end of season one. Yeah, I think we only have two more episodes, eight and nine or something like that, or maybe just eight. It's not. It's close. Uh, Allison, like Allison, your thoughts. 10. Well, I, I agree with a lot of what Tom is saying. I mean, the you know there is a, a problem with it's like who's who am I rooting for? What are the stakes? 
Um, I think, you know, the, the last two episodes have made me feel, okay, I guess I'm supposed to be on mother's side. Um, or maybe not so much mother, but the children at least. Um, and, and, you know, but it just keeps shifting. And it's, it's really, it's difficult to, to keep tabs on, on what we're supposed to think about what's going on because the goal posts keep moving and the personalities keep shifting and you know like uh travis Fimmel's character marcus he's he's he starts out being you know a the a sensible guy who has is masquerading as as a religious extremist and all he and his his wife want to do is just you know get through this get their son back and get away from their son quote unquote back and get away from them and now he's starting to go what seems like very very crazy and believing that he's this prophet character and yes we hear him hearing voices and maybe they're in his head but we also know at the same time that he's hearing this the children are seeing the one of the dead kids from from earlier from the, the you know episode one wandering around and trying to get them killed so and and the the messages seem to be completely different because if there's some kind of thing on the planet, some alien presence, some intelligence that wants things from people and and talks to them this way, then why are you know on the one hand telling the kids to kill themselves, but telling Fimmel's character not to kill the mother? It's it's you know I mean either you want the aliens here or you don't. I so it it none of these messages make sense. And I just wish they would settle on something. If they're going to tell us something, if they're going to give us information, great. But settle on it and let's move forward instead of contradicting yourself every five minutes. Gotcha. That makes sense. All right. Well, let's move on. I think I'm not sure if this is a thumbs up. It's uh, up-ish. Better than last week. I'll say the reviews better than last week. So I might actually watch these two now. Uh, it's something to watch when there's almost nothing on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Next it's up, pandemic video. <laughs> I would disagree. I think it's pandemic better than that. program. <laughs> Next up, we're going to talk about Ted Lasso. I have not seen it, but Tom and David have. So you guys hit it. What did, what did you think of the show? Why should we watch it? Try to keep spoilers to a minimish amount. I think you can spoil the pilot, but then after that, try not to spoil too much in case we do watch it. I've yeah. only seen this pilot, so... Okay, well then, talk about the pilot. What did you guys think? Um, I thought it was... Uh, I thought it was enjoyable. I mean, I'm not a huge uh, uh, Jason Sudeikis fan, but uh, I thought he was not too weird. He was not too uh, zany. Uh, um, and I'm going to see if I can get my wife to watch it. She doesn't really... She's not a big comedy person. But it's not so far out there, so slapstick that uh, I don't think she might. I think she might like it as well. Um, and it's you know got it's got enough heart that uh, I think it's a nice story and uh, uh, again enjoyable to watch. Um, and uh, you know again w- one episode in, but uh, the uh, the conflict is well established and um, uh, you know I'm. Sure, there's a there's a lot of things they can do. Hopefully, they will again stay on the the good side, the the non too not too zany side of the uh, comics comedy, and uh, you know look forward to watching it. It's, again, something that I can watch that I can take a break from. There's a lot of dark TV on these days. There's a lot of things that are re- really 
really depressing or dark. I watched um, uh, Raising or Defending Jacob, and that was you know a whole dark thing. And I watched a bunch of other shows that it's it's too much to watch those all together. So it's it's a nice it's a nice uh, what do you call the uh, you know it's a palate cleanser. Palate cleanser, exactly. So yeah. Uh, Jason, uh, the premise of the show, Jason Sudeikis plays an American who is hired to coach a British soccer team. And uh, Washington, high school football coach or something like that? Or yeah, college? He's, like, he's like either a high school or college coach who's hired. He had some success and made, you know, like ESPN or whatever. And, uh, you know, the, and the players love him. So he's hired by uh, Hannah Waddington, plays the ex-wife of a um, team owner. And she hires him specifically to tank the team as a method of revenge against her husband or her ex-husband. And when we meet him, he is played by Anthony Head from Buffy. And that's all I'll say for now in hopes to get you to watch it. Uh, he doesn't appear in at least one. He's in at least two of the first eight episodes. But the thing I love about this show is he's not playing wacky over the top. He's playing kind of like a male Leslie Nope, relentlessly positive. And I don't want to spoil anything beyond the pilot, but there are laugh out loud funny moments uh it's on apple tv plus so you will hear some scatological swear words you may see a few body parts but it is still such a refreshing change of pace to a lot of the dark gloom and gloom shows and it's really i mean i started watching it last week and by uh like wednesday or thursday night i think it was by wednesday i had run out of episodes I had to uh, wait till Friday to see the newest episode. Uh, in fine Apple TV Plus fashion, it premiered at the end of August, right before the, uh, I think before the holiday weekend. They they released three episodes, and then it's been a week, one a week since, like they did with their first wave of uh, of shows last fall. So it's, I would say it's a hidden gem. TV Line actually picked uh, Jason Sudeikis as their performer of the week for episode four or five. But yeah, it's it's terrific, and you you should you'll laugh because you've got the superstar player who's complete pain in the butt. He's got the hot trophy girlfriend. Can you say uh, David Beckham and 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 Posh Spice? <laughs> and then you have the the gruff over the hill player who's the team captain, who's the team captain, and Ted's trying to win everybody over to his side, and that's kind of his challenge for the beginning of the season. Yeah, I, I agree. Those are all the same same points that that I have about it. About what makes it good? Um, it's it's sort of the the and I'm thinking of uh, Kimmy Schmidt character too, who's the un, you know unflappable, always positive person. So, right, so it's, the, uh, it's a nice relief. All right. So are you guys thumbs up? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now <laughs> a show completely different. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was about to say, next up, we're going to talk about biohackers, actually. Oh, I thought you were talking about boys. Okay. Yeah, that's the next, next one. But next up, we're actually going to talk about biohackers, which we talked about a little bit, just the pilot. And for biohackers, though, the pilot was decent, but it didn't really explain to you what the heck was going on. And what I found in watching the second episode fully explains, so it's really kind of a two-hour pilot. So if you watch the first two hours, you will have a full idea of what's happening in the series. And then the next few episodes, because there's only six, I believe, 
the next two episodes are move like a train. Like it's insane how fast everything is moving and how quickly you're hooked into the story. I was like I got to episode three and I was like, well I guess I gotta keep going now. And then I watched four and when I got to the end of four, I was like, son of a... I was like, ah! And the only reason I made myself stop was because I knew that we had to discuss it on the podcast. And I wanted the last two episodes to be fresh. And I didn't want to have to try to remember where to break or whatever. So I made myself stop. But, oh my... It was very hard. It was very, very hard. It was so good. Um, and I know Allison told me... I don't know if you liked it as much, Allison. I don't remember. I, I did. I enjoyed it a lot. Okay. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's a, it's pretty much exactly what you want in a in a, a complete story. Well, I don't know if it's complete when I get to the end. But in a to get the action going, to get you moving and to get the plot flowing, um it does everything. It does everything that you want want to happen. It 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 has Smart characters, like the lead girl, she's smart, but she's also only like 19. So she thought out everything she wanted to do, but then, and she she made a good plan, and she's a really good liar. Uh, but, you know, she's she's not a genius, and she's not a, 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 a MI5 spy or anything. MI6 would be the one. But so she makes errors that you would make if you're a 19 year old. So it all feels valid and real to me. Uh, Allison, what are your impressions? Your thoughts? I I felt the same way. One of the things that I was I was impressed with was that the characters are. I mean, and there are supposed to be like the cream of the crop type characters. These are these are kids who who are into um, you know the the one of the top schools that you can go to right. for biophysics and and they are you know you said they're not geniuses well they are actually they're yes. genius level kids but i meant they're geniuses in, in a different way but yes you're right you're right yeah okay but um and the thing is they're they're incredibly good in in their field i mean they they can be completely clueless about other things right. you know especially social dynamics and things like that but in their field they're they're fantastic and i did appreciate the fact that you know yes they make errors in judgment, which again you said you know you you could expect of, of teenagers, but there's no point where I found myself just screaming at the screen and going, "Why are you doing something stupid?" Just because the storyline wouldn't move forward otherwise. Right. Um, they they don't. And, and the only you know, time that I actually was like yelled at the screen a little bit, but not like because I was angry at them. It was like, oh my god, she forgot. Like, which was when she unplugged the Wi-Fi. And for the first time, at first I was like, why would she unplug the Wi-Fi? But then when I saw why she did it, I was like, oh, that's really smart. And I was like, don't forget to replug it back in. I was like, plug it back in. And like, I'm yelling at her as she's trying to like sneak out and do all the things she's trying to do. I was like, plug the Wi-Fi back in. <laughs> and so and the, I think, as, as I recall, she tried to do it and just ran out of time. She, no, well, she, she took, ran out of time, period, because she didn't even get everything off the printer. Yeah. Like, she was she was completely out of time. Like, by the time... And then I was like... I was like, printing it out is a terrible idea. You don't know how many pages that's going to be. And everything that could go wrong with her trying to print it all happened. Mm-hmm. You know? So I was like, no, 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 no. Copy it. You don't print it. Why don't you have a USB? 
Like, that was what I was thinking. I was like, why would you come there assuming you would print stuff out? You come there with a freaking USB drive and copy the... It was two PDF files. It would have taken five seconds. She could have had a USB in her ring finger or whatever. But it's the kind of mistake that you would make, except that 19-year-olds all have USBs. They don't even think to print stuff. So whatever. They're more tech savvy. Yeah, they're yeah. more tech savvy. So I was like, why is she printing this? Because uh, I wouldn't even think to print it. I would have brought, if especially if my plan was to break into her house, find the evidence I need. That was her entire plan, was to sneak into the house and steal the evidence. If, mm-hmm. if your plan is that, why don't you have a USB drive? They're tiny. Yeah. It's the yeah. quickest way you can do it and yeah. most efficient. Right, it, and it wouldn't have been, but then of course it would have been like, oh my God, the file's 100, megabyte, or 100 gigs, and it's like the timer, <laughs> it's going across, and is it going to finish copying in time? Yes, well they did that, and they did that part too, uh, when right. she was down in the lab. Um, right. But yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, there, so there are little, little things like that. Right. But uh, overall, overall I, yeah. I really thought that it, it played well. Um you know the characters were interesting, and I, you know, I don't want to give away anything for the end, except just just to say that I'm in for season two. They ended it in a place that I was very happy about. Yeah, um, I can see that for the second season. Yeah, and and I I call her. What's funny is I was calling the warrior nun poor man's Amelia Clark, and I'm calling this girl like poor Amelia Clark's cousin. Like she's, <laughs> she looks a little like her, but just not a as attractive. A little bit, but not as attractive. I'm like, oh, that's her, not as attractive sister. Um, but I like her a lot. She's still got charisma. And when the only oh, and there's this moment where she lies, but her lie was actually a good lie. But she was taken so off guard, she got super defensive and started yelling it. And I was like, whoa, 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 it's too much. It's too much, too defensive. He's going to know you're lying. And, of course, he knew she was lying because she, she should... Like, her actual thing that she said would have been fine if she had said it calmly. Mm-hmm. You know? And I was like, oh, this is what happens. You get inexperienced liars. Okay. <laughs> but it was good. It was really good. I, I, I thought, yeah, thumbs up for me. I'm totally finishing that probably today. Like, that's going to be my, my evening. All right, let's move on. So, thumbs up. Uh, next up, we're going to talk The Boys, and it's episode five, and I don't remember what it's called, but it was basically Billy Butcher is doing his exit tour, like he's doing all the last thing he wants to do before he tops himself. And you realize it pretty early in the episode, that's kind of what he's planning, just because of the stuff that he's doing, you know? And I like that Mother's Milk figured that out, and by the way, he really needs another name. Mother's Milk is ridiculous as a name, but, <laughs> um... I like that he figured it out very quickly that that was well, what he I was planning. That, I love that he badgers Huey, what did you hear in the background? <laughs> <laughs> so he could figure out exactly where he was. Right. Because they beat him there, don't they? No, no, no. He's, no, he comes oh, he in. he goes out for an errand and he comes Yeah, they, and they're there, there. Yeah. yeah, when he comes back. Right. Uh, but yeah, that, and I like that, that it really... This is the first episode where I really feel like they're a team, you know, because there's always been tension and Billy's always been kind of a bully and I've never felt like they were really a family before, but this episode made me feel like they're a family. So I give them points for that because I didn't think that was going to happen. 
even though they're two of the team members are gone right now. That's true, but they're off doing others. But they were bonding too in a different way, so I thought that's fine. But yeah, my my biggest issue actually is with Billy. Billy's the one that I think has kept the team from gelling. So this this bit where he really stands up for the team and they really stand up for him. I was like, and I love his aunt. I love his aunt as like a drug dealer. His aunt was great. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, so yeah, all of that was pretty good. Her and taffy room. Her taffy room. Her and taffy then, room. Uh, what is? I I still don't know Black Noir's powers other than he can't be like he he heals. Like I figured that he, out. He seems to be like a yeah. Mix- he, he's. I I got that he's he you you can't hurt him. He's you know. Um, immune to, to all bullets or, you know, explosives or whatever, and really, really strong. So it's like I if think... you took Snake Eyes and Wolverine and mashed them up together. Ah, okay, Kinda. and then for some reason he doesn't speak. Like I don't understand what that's about either. Yeah, you never see his face, and he doesn't speak. And by the way, if you, and for anybody who was watching the behind the scenes stuff, the the series that they've got running. Oh, the, the after show. Yeah, the the actor who plays Black Noir. It's a real shame they have him covered up because he's cute. He's <laughs> well, there that means that they plan on unmasking him. If they Hopefully. hire, yeah, if they they hired an actor and he's hot, yeah, they, he's taking he's his very, mask. Off. He's very hot. Yes, he yeah. is. So his but, his, his uh, that mask is coming off at some point. <laughs> I would hope so, because so, otherwise it would be a waste. But I, you know, the other stuff that happened on in in the episode that I really liked was all the things on the movie set. Oh, oh right, and the fact the seven of the the, the that was like oh the what is this the dawn of the seven, of which, the seven. Yeah. which is the same thing it's dawn of justice that's so just like right on the nose and they talk right. about Joss Whedon they were like yeah this is Joss's cut and such and such and I was like wow <laughs> yeah uh, Tom your thoughts go ahead yeah, I really like that Starlight is not a pushover. I mean, she's really. I mean, she's been standing up to everybody. I th- but I think she, I think she is not up to dealing with Stormfront. I don't think she. One, she gave up her secret way too early in the conflict, knowing that Stormfront is Liberty. That was some. That's a card you hold. I was I was surprised that she. I was surprised that she went there that soon. That was, that was a strategic error. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah, she's standing they, they, up, but she she doesn't. She's not seeing the whole board. Like, she's not playing... She's playing checkers. Stormfront is playing chess. You know, and, and she's outmatched. Yes, she's standing up for herself, but she's outmatched. Speaking of Stormfront, how about the new icky pairing of the week? Oh, God. <laughs> and it's it's so perfect, but it's so horrible. Yeah. I mean, of course they'd end up together. Uh, <laughs> um, that was the least sexy uh, pairing I've ever seen. I think that was the idea. You know what's uh, funny is if you've ever seen if you've seen the behind the scenes show, Anthony Starr is freaking Clark Kent. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, his you know he's got dark short you know short crop dark hair and glasses. Right. But that that you know and that New Zealand accent, but man. Or uh, 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 Homelander is such a douchebag. <laughs> oh, and how about the deep get, getting sucked up by the Scientology like cult? <laughs> well, I, what I like about it too is he's not really a believer. He's just like, you guys gonna help me get back on the seven? All right. 
You know, he's not. He doesn't believe in any of the stuff. Well, he has. He hasn't been brainwashed yet. But. Yeah. Well, I you mean, notice who was the head of the cult, though? Who they they just yes, him briefly. Yeah. Goran Vishnik. I is, love that uh, actor. Like the head. I can't wait. I know. Yeah, I, I love that, that actor. Also, did, there was somebody else who showed up, uh, Stormfront's ex, or whoever he was on the phone with her. That's one of the yeah, twins. That, the Ash, that was one of the Ashmore twins, uh, yeah. which means we're going to see more of him, too. Um, I think that storyline has to do with there's somebody she's hiding and in this in this medical facility, and he was very much like, you can't treat her like that. You, you have to come. You have to do something. And she's like... She's fine. It's okay. I don't. It doesn't matter. And so she's blowing it off. But of course, we're gonna find out that's either her, because she's seventy. So I'm gonna guess it's actually probably her daughter. So the woman that she's claiming as her mother is probably her daughter. Okay. So I'd say this season so far has been really good. I'm excited. Uh, they've got all these new, act, you know, characters that I don't know who they're gonna be or what's gonna happen with them. So I am totally 100% in on this. I was in last week, too, but whatever. I'm more in now. You've, they've added new extra characters, and I don't know where the story's going right now. I really thought Stormfront and uh, Homelander were going to end up being enemies, and really he's kind of playing into her hand, so he thinks they're, they're allies. Benefits. Right. I think he thinks they're allies now, but he's really just a tool. She's playing... Like I said, she's playing chess. Everybody else is playing checkers. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see where this is going. So uh, thumbs up for me. Uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can leave them at tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook. You can listen to us on getthepointradio.com, Krypton Radio, Weeknopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.